Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This episode is brought to you by our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring our listeners and clients an all-access, accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual webinars, recipes, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit www.patreon.com slash courageous wellness or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. We are so excited to share a new discount code with our listeners for Recess. Recess is a wellness and lifestyle brand that offers hemp-infused beverages designed to help people relax. An antidote to modern times, Recess offers us all a moment to reset and rebalance with their flavorful, unique combination of hemp extract and adaptogenic sparkling water made with real fruit. A wonderful alcohol alternative or just a fun afternoon treat to keep you calm, cool, and collected. With flavors including blackberry chai, blood orange, black cherry, peach ginger, and pomegranate hibiscus, they offer 6 and 12 pack subscriptions and sampler packs for your enjoyment. My two favorite flavors are the coconut lime and the black cherry, but I truly love them all and can't recommend the sampler pack enough, which is where I started. To save 15% on all beverages or subscriptions, you can use code COURAGEOUS at checkout when you visit takearecess.com. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Um, It's just us this week. We are doing a solo episode. And... Erica and I have been having a lot of conversations about just kind of different, what we would say, all-encompassing wellness topics that have been on our minds. And we thought it would be interesting just to kind of continue that conversation on a few different topics today um, and and bring them up with you. And we're curious to hear 
what your thoughts are on these topics as well. So as we dive into them, please feel free to uh, reach out, you know, always engage with us. Um, we're always happy to hear from you via email or on social media. So um, I guess just to get started, Erica, do you want to share one of the things that you've been really thinking about right now in, in the context of your wellness? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I alluded to this. I know now that we're doing um, little check-ins before our intros. I think I talked about how I was really having my self-care practice has become, especially in the morning, very crucial to setting myself up to basically exist in society. Um, yeah. Cause it's my, I've been, my anxiety has been really strong. You know, it's been stronger, um, not than ever before, but I've just been struggling with anxiety and I know what to do. And I'm sure my list, I'm sure our listeners can really understand because I'm sure all of you also know what to do, but it can be still very frustrating, right? I know what to do when my anxiety gets tough, but it can also be really hard to actually put it into practice in terms of my morning routine, right? I don't look at my phone for about an hour before I wake up. I chant quality chanting and I move my body. And those are things I have to do in the morning to set myself up. And, um, now I have also cut coffee on an empty stomach because I was realizing caffeine also can impact my anxiety. And when I do these things and eat a healthy, nutritious diet and take my supplements, I feel great, but it's interesting because I'm finding it's taking a lot more work than usual, right. To even want to do those things that I know set me up and my anxiety is like fighting back harder. And Allie and I were just talking about this, but I've been having this conversation with a lot of my friends. And I think it's really interesting right now because we just came out of, and this isn't what the whole episode is going to be about. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to hear about this. Um, don't worry. We're going to cover a lot of things in wellness that's been on our minds, but it's really interesting. These conversations I'm having with a lot of my friends and Ali and I were just having this conversation too, where we just came out of 15 months of different levels of trauma, right? Like a, it, it was a lot. 2020 was a year. And now everything is open and it's hot girl summer and I'm here for it. Like I am here for hot girl summer. I am here for living life again after a traumatic year. But I also think my body, right? Like our bodies keep that inside. And it's like, my body is like, wait, what's going on? We just experienced intense fear, intense isolation. So many people were unemployed or still unemployed, loss of life, loss of so much. And now it's just like it never happened. And I think even my friends, and yes, as I've mentioned before, I've had a slower re-entry. I'm still like slowly, I'm being very intentional about who I see and when I see them and how I do it for my own mental health. But even my friends who are like at clubs in Miami and like fully traveling, they're feeling that weirdness too. So I just wanted to kind of bring it up in case anybody else is feeling it, that it's like, you're not alone. And 
I think that's impacting my anxiety of like, my mind is ready for hot girl summer, but my body is like, whoa, wait, we just went through a giant trauma year and it was a lot. So, yeah, I mean, actually you make a really good point. It's like, and any sort of difficult, challenging, even if you want to define it as traumatic event, whether it can, whether it's collective, which is what we went through this year and parts of the globe are still going through, um, or, or whether it's like something that you just experienced in your life. It's like, yes, we want to move forward and experience joy. And you know me this year, Erica, like with everything that's gone on from stuff in my family, like tragedy to, you know, COVID and, and all of the other things. It's like, I really embraced a, a Buddhist passage that we've, we talk about it's, which is um, from Nietzsche and Daishan. And he says, suffer what there is to suffer, enjoy what there is to enjoy. And I've like totally embraced that um, because yes, the suffering is sometimes unavoidable, but we don't want to let that kill moments of joy and experiencing that as well. And both are part of the human experience, but it's like, I think also important to give ourselves time to process what happened. And that might take a long time and that may look different for everybody. And you can enjoy while you process, mm -hmm. but like that you're probably going to be experiencing both at the same time. And some days might feel different than other days. And um, I think you said, I think you said that, well, it's like, yes, we can have both. Like, how do we have, you know, wow, we're reemerging in summer and like, we can, you know, feel safe to be out and be social again. But like being social again is hard for the first time in 15 months when you barely seen people and it's, you know, other than on a screen and it's like, there are skills that have to be redeveloped or remembered. And maybe you want to do some things differently than you existed. Like we're all different now because we all went through something and um, yeah, it's just, I think you were saying it before we started recording, you're like figuring out how to be again, like in the context of also social environments um, that we haven't, that we've been out of for so long and it's hard and I'm with you. It's hard. I'm really enjoying aspects of being like things being open again and travel again and seeing family again. And like, I'm so enjoying that. And I feel like I'm still tired. Like I need time in between social stuff again to, even if it's with like family that I love and, and I'm really excited to see to kind of like recover from that too, because it's like, I'm not used to that kind of energetic output or emotional output. Yeah. You know, like it's just so interesting. So yeah, we just wanted to talk about that. And in the context of like, you know, you can feel both, like both yeah. most likely will coexist. And that's sort of like a good thing to think about in life in general. It's like, you can be struggling with one aspect of your health and like really excited about another aspect of your life. And like, they can coexist, you know, um, it doesn't yeah. have to be like an all or nothing mentality. And I think like leaning into the feeling, cause I realized even for myself, um, 
if anybody is experiencing extra anxiety right now, I think when I ignore it, right? Or it's not even, is it ignore? It's it's not leaning into it, right? Because I think Ali, same, we had a great conversation before we started recording. So I apologize that we both keep referencing it. But um, Ali, you beautifully described earlier too how pain is just a part of life, right? Like pain is a part of life. And I think we experience more pain when we don't want to feel the pain, right? When we're like, no, I'm fine. It's like, are you fine? Just lean in a little bit and journal and take that time. And um, I recently started rereading, which is a great book that I highly recommend. And it's very similar to our Buddhist practice, actually just with um, different terminology. Um, It's Louise Hayes, How to Heal Your Life. And it's a really good book. And she talks all about um, how our verbiage, our attitude, the way we speak to ourselves all determines, right? Our life. And that it's, that's it very simplified, but, um, it's really deep and it's really hard in our Buddhist practice. We call it human revolution. And she just calls it change. She's like, you have to change yourself, right? Like you have to do this internal work. And, um, I think that's what I'm realizing is I think a lot of my anxiety is because I don't want to like my body, my mind isn't ready to process everything that I've experienced this year. Um, it just wants to exist as I did in 2019 or before. And I'm realizing Ali, like you said, like I have changed and I am different and, um, in a better way, in a more authentic way. Even like I was saying, when people ask me now, how are you? Um, <laughs> don't ask me how I am if you don't really want to talk. Cause I'll be like, it's been a year. Let's discuss it. How are you? Um, but I think that's, that's almost better. I just, I'm not, I'm not as surface, I think, as I used to be with people. After well, that's, you know, it's interesting that you say that that's, I think a good segue into another thing that we wanted to talk about today which was Erica and I have been sharing with each other that we are um, really feeling (laughs) disconnected, like, especially on social media, you know, we have to be, I guess we don't have to be, but we choose to be on social media platforms um, because we're a company, we're a business and we are a brand and that's okay. Um, and that's a part of it. And it's part of our, you know, our sort of, uh, sort of personality that we can share with our audience and our listeners and our, um, subscribers or the clients that we work with. And, and so that's, can be like a really kind of beautiful component of it, but, um, one thing that we were talking about was that we, you know, even accounts, brands, people that we in the past have really felt connected to on social media, we don't anymore. And it's not, I, I don't know that that's a, you know, a result of anything that's changed about them. It's just, um, I am personally am feeling like less good when I'm on like Instagram or like I'm barely on TikTok, but like, I I don't know, there's some like funny stuff out there, but at the same time, it's not even like, I really don't, I have to say for the most part, I 
don't fall into the comparison game, which is great. I mean, like good for me. (laughs) I know that's like a, a real thing that like people easily, very easily experience, but it's like not that for me. It's like, I think it's an authenticity thing. And it's like, I don't fault people on social media. I know we all do it. I do it. Like we all are, you know, we know we've talked about this forever. It's like the highlight reels. Cause that's fine. I don't necessarily want to see like people's shit either. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm not asking for anything different. I think the thing is I'm just feeling so much less connected to like virtual content and that may change. And it makes sense after a year where everything's been virtual, right? I think it's just, and I actually, because I feel the same way about Instagram and we haven't created anything on TikTok yet, but I actually feel much more inspired when I'm on TikTok because TikTok is so, I think that's what Instagram is missing for me right now. Or maybe, or maybe we just need like a break. Um, and it's, and like you said, I love connecting with our audience and I love the content that we put out. I just, and I know there are a lot of content creators that don't ingest content. They, and they, they talk about it. They're like, I want to output for everyone, but I can't ingest it. And I feel like I'm almost at that place. I think the skinny confidential talks about that actually, where she like, doesn't watch people's stories. She doesn't scroll through Instagram. That's just, it's not an app that she, um, gains from, but, um, I gain a lot from TikTok. I I think these these people that are putting out content are so creative and vulnerable. I think TikTok and maybe it's all bullshit too cuz you know, I'm an I'm I'm older for TikTok. I'm not Gen Z, so I don't I don't know the ins and outs of TikTok, but my algorithm is so positive and so vulnerable and like it just feels so real. And maybe people who are really into TikTok are like, no, it isn't. But for me, it seems so much more authentic than Instagram. And maybe that's just what I'm consuming, or maybe I do need an ingestion break and we should always take breaks. Everyone should take breaks for their mental health. But um, yeah, I don't know. It It might also just be because it's been such a crazy year and it's hard to see it's like it never happened a little bit. And, and I think, and again, I've had these, I I know it's not just me. I know it's not just us. I, I, uh, I've had these conversations with many, many people who are feeling again, they're like at clubs and they're like, they're at bars, but they're like, this seems, and they're posting too. And that's what I said. I said to one of my friends, I was like, it's so interesting that we're having this conversation because based on your social media, you look like you're thriving post pandemic, right? Like you look like the pandemic never happened. And again, I think that's just part of Instagram and maybe Ali, we can do our part even better at like sharing, like, Hey, like just went out to dinner and it felt great, but also weird, you know, um, we can be a part of that change, but yeah, you're not alone if you're noticing it. I think that's just what we wanted to share with everyone too, because it just, it does sometimes feel like the last 15 months didn't happen. And that can be so jarring. And I try not to read the news for my mental health, but then it's like, and I know we're so lucky in the United States with our vaccination rates, with our herd immunity, all of that, but it's like, we're at bars and clubs and then like there's outbreaks in like different parts of the world. It's like, 
it's very jarring. And so just be kind, take care of yourself. And and I don't know, I think, Ali, I don't know if you feel this way too, but I think sometimes like having all this information and having all this knowledge, it can sometimes be like a benefit and a curse. Because again, I know what to do. I know how to take care of myself. I know how to eat. Um, And I do it most of the time, but damn, it takes a lot of work, right? Like it takes a lot of work to take care of your mental health and physical health. It really it really does. It's not easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It's, and, and also I think, you know, Eric and I were talking about not being too hard on ourselves, which is an easy thing for us to both fall into. And I think even in the context of like taking care of ourselves, we can get hard on ourselves. It's easy to be like, oh, I know I just have to do X, Y, Z, but like, I don't feel like doing that. And then get hard on yourself for not doing it, which is just causing you more stress. And like, it's like a vicious cycle. So I think that's the root of a lot of it is just like being kind to ourselves one way or the other, you know? And yes, absolutely. Knowing that we're making choices that serve us versus that don't, but sometimes we won't do that. And to not punish ourselves when that happens too, I think is an important part of caring for ourselves. Yeah. It's a wild ride being a human being. (laughs) It really is not to be like, it is a wild ride to be a human being on earth. And I think like not to get all mushy and woo woo, but you know, Buddhism talks about, and I know a lot of spirituality, which we can also get into Ali, but you know, Buddhism really does talk about that we come to this world, like we are Buddhas, right? Like we are the Buddhas. It's not the statue with the big belly. That's us. Like we are these beautiful, perfect souls and we are Buddhas. We are so perfect as we are. And we all have a mission to fulfill in this world that is so unique to us. And we forget it and we suffer like all of this being hard on yourself. It's all delusion. It's all delusion from we are perfect and we just need to honor ourselves. And, and I think that's what like the human revolution is, or Louise Hayes book about like, you have to change yourself. It's not because you're bad. Actually her book and Buddhism is like, you have to take that word out of your vocabulary. She's like, everyone thinks they're bad. You are not bad. You are not bad at all. You're this beautiful, perfect, like cosmic entity. You have to stop treating yourself like you're bad. That's what we have to change. That's the human revolution, right? Is to love and honor ourselves. And that's like, that's everything. And so, yeah, it's just a wild ride being a human being on earth. It's like remembering that is the word. It's remembering that. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. I have been using Milk and Honey's baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to clean aluminum-free deodorant, I tried so many different brands and each and every time I was plagued with red itchy bumps under my arms on top of not feeling confident that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only once never gave me those pesky red bumps from their deodorant, but it also passed the smell test even after an intense spin or hit class. 
It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand. And in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. Their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. So this is a good segue into the third <laughs> little topic. I don't think it's little, but we wanted to just touch on today. We haven't done an episode on this and it's something that Erica and I have been kind of like had on our radar for quite a while. Um, if you follow the wellness therapist on Instagram, um, they talk a lot about guruism. I'm going to call it that. I, I don't know if that's what it's literally referred to, but um in the wellness space and selling spirituality and like in a way that's often incredibly whitewashed, but also um, just like appeals to people who are seeking, which is a normal thing. Like you and I both have a spiritual practice, but what we talk about, we've talked about this for years is that it's free Mm -hmm. and it's, accessible to me, to you, to whomever wants it. And this idea of, listen, if you, listen, we pay for things that have value to us. So I don't innately have an issue if someone finds that like a certain thing or practice or whatever, you go to exercise classes, you pay for them. That's a sort of practice to help you, you know, work on your physical fitness or work on you even maybe support your mental health, like right. All the benefits of exercise. I'm just using as an example. So I don't innately have a problem with like, if you choose to pay for something that you're getting value of out of. However, I think there's this like really gray line and it's happened in a lot of the wellness space all throughout it. And in fact, I think it like has really crossed over into like even worlds of like conspiracy theory and things that like are prevalent right now culturally. And we got to be careful and identify it because oftentimes people are selling themselves um, and their brands as the way to this concept of like healing. Yeah. Or enlightenment. Or enlightenment. And that can be a dangerous, slippery, and very shiny and attractive slope. And I think it easily preys on like seeking and, and a lot of us are seeking, right? I think it's a great thing to be seeking, um, 
more meaning out of our lives, who we are, what, why we're here. You know, you and I have this Buddhist context for the way we look at things and the, the language that we have to describe it, but you don't have to be Buddhist to, you know, understand that. Like you said, I think it's a language thing, but you know, it's really, there are some underlying really like problematic aspects of it that bump with me, you, we've talked about it. And so I just thought, you know, let's, let's have a little bit of a conversation about it. Cause we are in the wellness space, but not all services and not all, um, whatever you might want to call it, like practices are, uh, created equal. Well, I think too, for me, the biggest thing is, and I feel very fortunate because I grew up with, I grew up with a Buddhist spiritual practice, right? I I've had it my entire life. My parents have been doing this for 40 years, but I feel very fortunate to have grown up in the group I grew up in because it always taught me. And I think this is where I'm inherently skeptical. Mm-hmm. And I read, you know, like I read Joe Dispenza and I read Gabrielle Bernstein and I'm reading Louise Hay and I'm reading all of these like, spiritual people. Right. So I, I enjoy it, but I feel very grateful and I'm not talk. This conversation is about any of them in particular. It's just about the culture in general that sells spirituality or sells enlightenment, but is actually selling themselves as a way to attain spirituality and enlightenment. Um, so yeah, not like love those people (laughs) just wanted to say, but I think for me, I feel very grateful that I had the foundation of the practice I grew up in. Like Ali mentioned, it is free, but it inherently teaches that you do not need anything external or any intermediary to attain enlightenment or your highest self. So that's why like I can enjoy reading books about spirituality, or I can do these things, but I would never pay exorbitant fees or, or, and and it's okay if other people need to do that, but I feel like sometimes it preys on people seeking like Ali is talking about because fundamentally you just need yourself, right? Like you just need yourself and a tool and that tool can look different for everyone else. For Ali and I, it's chanting. For some people, it can be yoga. For some people, it can be TM or a mantra, right? Like everyone has their own flavor that works for them. Um, but it shouldn't, it should still be like about any good teacher or any good coach should really teach you how to empower yourself without them. Yes. Ultimately ultimately without them. We learn from teachers. We learn from mentors. Like even that's a concept in our practice, but you don't need, you know, in, in the context of our Buddhist practice, you don't need that intermediary. We do not have priests or monks. Like the idea is that, like you said, we have what we need and we can have teachers and we can have tools. Which are community. Are, yeah, that's community. important to you. That's it just, yeah, it just but, shouldn't. You know, there's a lot. And to be honest, it's no different than like the diet industry. Like it's about like you need, no, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it this, if you're going to feel this way, or you need this, if you're going to look this way. And well, it's- that's why wellness, spirituality, it's all, I think anything. And I hope that Ali and I can be this for our community where it's not about 
Allie and I, it's really, that's why we share stories. That's why it's about sharing a wide variety of different stories and conversations so that you can figure out what works for you. Right. And I just think this last year, and it really just opened up how people are so taken advantage of, and it, it breaks my heart because people are seeking to heal and to get help and, and yes, anybody can heal. Right. But it's also not one size fits all. Just like you said, it's like diet culture. It's like you and I could eat the exact same way and we would still have different bodies. You and I could still pray the exact same way and we'd have different outcomes, right? Everybody is different and unique. And I think any good practice or spirituality honors that, that it isn't one size fits all. And again, it's just about empowering you to be your best self. And I think that's what, you know, again, like hopefully Ali and I can offer is I hope this entire community, our Patreon, our Instagram is just about empowering you to be your best self and make the best choices for your life. And you're your own guru. Like at the end of the day, that's really it. I think cost you, um, like tuition. Exactly. Like if you want to pay a private school tuition to do that, that's your prerogative. But like, let me tell you, no one is going to like, there's no magic pill to feel a certain way. You know, it's going to take hard work and like, it's not going to take one individual or their pathway might look different than yours. And I think that's where like the guruism within the context of like the wellness space gets to be a little problematic. Um, because I'm sure a lot of it's like comes from good intention, but there also is, there are plenty of people with like very, very, very strong propaganda and, um, yeah, that are perpetuating like, and these are fitness accounts, wellness accounts that are perpetuating like false conspiracy theory based information to hundreds of thousands of people. Now there are people outside the wellness world that also do that. Um, but it can become dangerous and it's like anything that disconnects you from yourself, um, is something to like, I think have a skeptical, um, point of view and just spend some time with like critical thinking around that. Now, ultimately we, we talk about like being your own health advocate. So be your own advocate, um, learning to be your own advocate in all aspects of your health is a hard thing. It's a journey, you know, there's bumps in the road. Um, and sometimes it's like difficult experiences that help with that, but yeah, I feel protective. I think sometimes. Um, yeah. Well, cause I've, we've seen, we've all seen people who get caught up in things that, you know, it's just, it's hard. Again, it's hard to be a human being on earth, but it all comes down to that you for all of this, right. For anxiety, for re-entry, for socialization, for spirituality, it all come health for diet, for nutrition, right. It's all about like, you know, we all know inside, we just have to quiet the noise to hear that voice, right. To hear that voice. And I've been getting, um, the more I've been doing this work in the last couple of weeks with prioritizing, taking care of myself, I've, you know, on our human design episode, um, 
Ali is a generator. So you get gut hits, right? It's your gut for me as a projector. And I don't know if this is all projectors or just my blueprint. Um, it's my intuition. That's how I receive. And I have been hearing, like I've been making changes in like my own health and wellness. And I know Ali knows this, and maybe this might be an episode in July that we can talk about with like my hormones and different things like that. But I am hearing loud and clear, the more I prioritize, like leaning into taking care of myself, working so hard on not being hard on myself. Cause I know that sounds funny, but it's, I'm, I'm so hard on myself and, um, yeah, my intuition is louder than ever. So I think you have all your answers and, and you know, what's best on the inside. You just have to trust it. Right. Like Ali, you always say like not consulting with the peanut gallery, just really, yeah. uh, and understanding on the inside. to help you cultivate tools so that you can get better in touch with your gut or your intuition or your sense of self. That's great. Fine. We all do. We are. There are, there are great teachers out there and there are also great Instagram accounts and great influencers. Um, and you can find them and we find them and we, I, I do gain a lot from them. I have a very curated, um, mute and unmute button on my, my social media. (laughs) Also, like those types of things change and taste change. And people, sometimes I used to really get information, helpful information from, then it sometimes evolves and becomes less helpful. And I find new, like, I, I know, you know, I know if something's working for me or not. And I also, have support and I have coaches and I have, you know, we have like spiritual teachers mentors, and like, that's all fine. Well, and good. That's how we learn, right? Like in school, we have teachers, like you need, I needed a teacher to teach me how to do math. Otherwise I never would learn that tool, but like, I would actively have chosen not to learn it, but I needed it. So I like worked hard at it and I thank God had some good teachers. It's like, that's for everything in life. If you want to learn more about nutrition and what works for your body and experimenting with that, you can come to us. If you want to learn more about how to like move to optimize, like, you know, I don't know your posture and your strength and all that, you can find like a good movement fitness person, right? Like it's, that's life. And that's how we learn. There's a fine line though. Um, it's like, the, is it the karate kid, right? Where it's like the teacher, I don't know. It's, or is it Rocky? The teacher? Yeah, it's like the, the, you're supposed to write, um, in our practice, it's like oneness of me- teacher and student. It's like oneness of mentor and disciple. And I think that oneness concept is key is there's no one, we're all equals. It doesn't matter. You and your teacher or your teacher's intention should be that we are equals, right? And that, um, yeah, you don't, you eventually won't need them. That I think that's like the key intention um, that you can do this work on your own and without them. And it's not like you're at this level and then you do it and you can do right. it on your own, yeah. but there's another level and another level. Um, but you know, you kind of, as we're talking about movement and fitness, can I share um, a fun discovery um, in wellness <laughs> just to uh, share something that I've also been really loving when we talk about movement is, um, fascia flossing, which I just discovered. Like I just discovered it really had never heard of it before. Yes. And actually it was through, um, 
Fit for Me by Courtney, who we love, and I love her platform. Um, she, I think it was through her that I found this platform called Sweats in the City. And it's a really cool platform and they have a lot of different on-demand classes, like all different types. And I've been exploring it and I'm really enjoying it. And they had a fascia flossing class and this is all virtual. It's all virtual. And, um, I took it and it was so interesting to me and talk about movement in your body. But, um, there's also a book that I haven't fully read, but I have started reading it called the body keeps the score. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how our body back to the beginning yeah. stores trauma. So your mind might think you're okay, but your body knows it isn't. And I think sometimes that's why our head and our hearts can be at odds, right? Um, your body always knows even back to spirituality, your body knows, trust your body. Um, but Basha is so interesting to me. And I don't know a lot about it. And I hope we get to do an episode on it, but, um, it's different than yoga because you go, it's about releasing the fascia, um, through these like elongated resistance movements that are similar to yoga, I'm doing a terrible job at describing it. But if you have pain, look into fascia flossing, or if you even have trauma or you're trying fascia flossing, seems like a really great way to release. And I felt after the class, like I had had an internal massage. It was really cool. And, um, I was sore the next day too. It was so interesting, but I'm doing a terrible job at describing this, but if you're interested at all, look into fascia flossing because it's something that's new to me that I'm actually excited about in wellness, because I know our fascia is connects our whole body. And it has to do, I think a little with Chinese medicine too, in the meridians, like Ali, you explaining to me. So I've never heard of fascia flossing before you. So you introduced me to that, but I know a little bit about the fascia because I had part of mine removed, um, when I had, uh, my cancer story surgeries, um, gosh, it's like six years, six years back now. But, um, Yeah. The fascia is very important in Chinese medicine. I also do a lot of acupuncture. And so I've learned that from Sarah Norvillis, who's on our, who was on our podcast. And it's basically the connective tissue between our muscles and our skin. Like maybe that's like a very layman's explanation of it, but it's that, um, so yeah. and, And our energy, like in Chinese medicine, the meridians of the body are through the fascia. So that's, you know, why you, do acupuncture points. Um, and I'm fascinated by it. The more I learn about it, you know, Doug spoke about it on the structural element, Doug from structural elements on that episode that we did with him a little bit. We went into that, but like, you're right. We could go and do an entire episode on this. I'm still learning so much about it. Um, but yeah, I'm fascinated by fascia flossing and, and, uh, and what like the properties of doing that could be, or, you know? Yeah. It just blew. I know I did a terrible job describing it was like intense, different yoga, which isn't a good job describing it. But what I will tell you, if you look it up is, um, what it felt like afterwards. So when I was in it, it kind of felt like yoga where, you know, you're breathing, And it's not about breath. So it has nothing to do with breath. So that's where it is different than yoga. It's just, but I was breathing and I was doing breath at my own pace. And, you know, 
it doesn't, it's like a, it's a little like a workout, but like a yoga workout while you're doing it. But that's why afterwards, how I felt it was different than the yoga high. It was different than that, like full body relaxation. I feel after yoga, it was literally like the inside of my body had been massaged out. It felt like an internal massage. And, um, yeah, I definitely want to do it again. Hopefully, uh, we will have an episode coming soon for you guys all about fascia flossing, but in the meantime, uh, look it up. And I, I think the woman, her name was Bonnie who taught the class. And I think, um, her Instagram was like Bon Z or something. So you can look it up. I'm doing it here. I'll put this in our show notes so that if you're interested, I will link her Instagram, but back everything connects back to social media. I followed her and I really want to learn more about, um, fascia flossing, but I also learned there's so many practitioners who do it, um, in New York and Santa Barbara, um, all through the country. Actually, it's, it's, it's new to me, but it doesn't seem to be new at all. So yeah, it was a, it was a really cool class and I really enjoyed it. Very cool. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. Um, yeah. And tune back in soon next week, next Wednesday, we will have a new guest for you on the podcast. We have a lot of great upcoming episodes that we're releasing on all different topics. Um, check out the ones from the previous weeks. If you haven't yet listened, I really recommend, um, we did one all on mold, uh, with Michael Rubino and that was fascinating. Um, and you know, I know people can be freaked out by the idea of mold in their home, but he has such like wonderful, accessible, um, things to think about and things and tips that you can do to really, uh, really make our air as healthy as possible. Cause we spend so much time talking about the products we put on our body and the food we put in our mouth. But, um, not about the air that we breathe, which we do more than any other thing that we do, you know, on a daily basis. And let us know how you feel. If you're feeling any of the anxiety or if you're not, you know, we love to hear from you and we're always here for you. So, you know, let us know what you think about all the things we talked about in this episode today. Cause I know it was a lot, but um, yeah, hopefully you can relate to some of it and definitely get in touch. All right, guys, have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie and I'm Erica and we're Courageous Wellness.